Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Hi, and welcome to episode 38 of Mud Her, season two of Rewriting the Mother Code podcast. Today, I had so much fun sitting down with Jillian Eichel. Jillian is a life coach, faculty member, facilitator, speaker at the Wright Foundation for the Realization of Human Potential, which, if you've been listening, happens to be where I work also. And I consider Jillian not only a co-worker, but a dear, dear friend and really kind of a sister from another mother. We've had some just beautiful and really meaningful experiences over the years that we've worked together. And I have always appreciated Jillian as just a superb coach and master at what she does. One of the reasons being that she just is always deeply digging into her own work. And I think that's something that makes a really integrous and powerful coach. And one of the areas and what we're going to be talking about today is a particular area of expertise for her, which is coaching and working with singles. And she shares today about her journey, things that have made a difference for her and her journey as being a single woman and having an extraordinary life and everything that, you know, we talk about in rewriting the mother code, you know, what she was raised 
faced with the culture and, you know, kind of what you're both up against and what the possibility is in living a robust, beautiful life as a single person. So we really dig into that. We explore that territory and also have a lot of fun doing it. I think single, married, wherever you're at, you're going to find some really useful, practical kind of wisdom in today's episode. So I hope you enjoy. Well, I'm super excited. We're kind of up bright and early. I get to be on this morning with Jillian Eichel, and I'm going to share a little bit about her, but welcome to the show, Jillian. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Gertrude. Yay. We've talked about this and it was only a matter of time and I'm so happy that we finally made it happen. But I want to say a little bit about you and there'll be more about you and ways people can get in touch with you in the show notes. But Jillian Eichel is a phenomenal just extraordinary life coach. She has dedicated to her own path, which to me is like the best sign of a life coach, a really superpower life coach is when you're constantly doing and consistently doing your own work and on your own growth edge. And Jillian has done that in spades and continues to, which is amazing. And she's, you know, serves people in all ranges, ages, you know, from career coaching to soft addictions. She has done a tremendous amount of work in those arenas. We're going to be specifically talking about working with singles and some of her journey, some of what that path can look like. That's, you know, really conscious and empowering and beautiful. So Jillian, I'm going to turn it over to you to just share a bit about yourself so we can get a bit more of a background of you. Great. Thank you so much. Well, first of all, I would like to just acknowledge that I asked to be on this podcast. (laughs) And thank you for inviting me after I asked you, but I was pretty intrigued by, you know, the concept of rewriting the mother code. I thought it was really important and I thought it was important to bring in this, you know, what is this for a single woman? And it made me start to think about like, what does this even mean to like rewrite, you know, the mother code or rewrite a code if you're single? And so I thought that would be, you know, a really interesting topic being a woman in my forties, in my mid now to late forties and being not married is it's not the normal path, I would say. And I've learned tons about myself as a single person and also in coaching both women and men who are, you know, dating or, or even just want to have a really satisfying single life and not be married. So I don't know what else do you want to know about me? Let's see. Well, tell me a little bit about how you got into coaching and just a little bit of your kind of professional background, and then we'll move into the topic. I grew up in LA and I came out to Chicago for college and ended up working in administration for this psychology oriented organization, which is now the right foundation for the realization of human potential. And I just remember seeing these people who were taking these courses and like, wow, they're really not like the folks I grew up with in Los Angeles, you know, and furthering my own, you know, vision and journey about using my gifts, my gifts of sensitivity of, you know, really wanting to enter a career where I'm working with people one-on-one, I decided to go back to school and get a master's in counseling. And then I became a therapist. I got a license and worked in the therapy mental health field for about five years. I specialized in addictions. I liked doing that, yet there was the two basic goals were keep them out of the hospital and keep them on their meds. And so that wasn't really the you know model of accessing your human potential. And so then I came back to the right foundation and, and decided to focus on coaching. And here I am about 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. 
really developed yourself as a coach, also a facilitator of groups and speaker and have done a lot of, you know, that work through the organization and outside of the right foundation, which is what, as I said before, makes you such a great coach. Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah well, absolutely. we have just this phenomenal curriculum. And I think, so for me in my twenties, I was dating. I mean, I've always had a robust dating life, I guess you could say. I've always been one. I first got my license at the age of 16. My, you know, what we did basically every weekend was to cruise Ventura Boulevard and look for guys, right? So like, I've always been interested in, <laughs> in dating relationships. And it wasn't until my 20s when I popped into one of the right foundations singles evening workshops. And yeah. I'll never forget the coach who was sharing, like all of my questions were around, you know, attraction, sex. And she said, you know, Jillian, it's not all about sex. And I remember just being <laughs> like, like kind of embarrassed and uh, like, what really? Oh, I didn't, I didn't know. Well, then what is it about? You know, and, and that sort of got me really interested in what does this mean to be, you know, on a, a quote, conscious dating path. I love that. And and thank you for your vulnerability. Cause it's, you know, at these times we look back at and we get to see how far we've come. Right. So what did you discover if it wasn't all about sex and you know, not that sex is out of the picture, but it sounds like you found more. Yeah. Well, so I decided at that point, you know, I was still in my own training, but I, you know, I was in my mid mid to late twenties and I decided to use some of the assignments that we offer in our singles programming. I mean, what I discovered about myself was that I had no idea who I was. Basically all of my dating relationships, boyfriends, it was really about some sort of like um, kind of high physical attraction. And when I began to learn about myself, meaning, wait, who, who am I? What do I care about? What do I like? What do I not like? And this is where I think the code piece is so interesting because I began to look at like, why am I the way I am? You know, why is it her? And I wasn't, all, I, I wasn't someone who was like, I got to settle down. I got to I got to get married. I got to have kids. That was never really my drive, but I did feel a huge drive to be in a relationship. And I felt like there was something wrong with me because I would go from, you know, guy to guy to guy to guy. And I really wouldn't, after my first, you know, high school sweetheart, I wouldn't really settle down. And I, I felt pretty bad. Like there was something wrong with me. Like, why can't I, you know, settle down? And, you know, something that I discovered that I thought was very important and sort of like a turning point for myself was this concept of one intention. And then also how I told my story about myself, how I talked to mm -hmm. myself about myself, which in larger terms is a called a redemptive narrative. But for intention, there was one of these assignments that I had was on intention. Like, look at what is your intention? When I realized like, wait, if I intended to be married, I would have been married. I would have married my high school sweetheart. I would have married my boyfriend at the age of 28 who wanted to get married. You know, I had like opportunities and I didn't. And so actually I looked back, it's like, wait, no, my intention was to learn about myself through dating was to learn about men was to experience lots of different types of relationships so I had more of an intention of learning and growing and discovering myself rather than settling down and having a family. And so that was pretty freeing. 
That's beautiful. A couple of things that I'm thinking about, Jillian, because, you know, I've been in the right foundation for quite some time, but I came into it having just gotten engaged. Right. And so then after taking courses and being in there for a few years in this whole singles program, I remember feeling sad that Mm -hmm. I missed that opportunity. I never dated consciously. I never, you know, this was pretty much out of college, really like after a couple of years got engaged. Right. And kind of went right into that and hadn't done any growth work. So everything you're talking about, I think, and we'll, you know, dive into it even a little bit more, but I remember thinking like, oh gosh, what would it have been like to, you know, be in the dating world and know myself as I'm dating and get to know myself more as I'm dating. So I think what you're talking about is really important and our culture is so like, oh, what's wrong with you that you're not, I mean, there still are a lot of the mistaken beliefs and myths and ways that you're seen when you're single. Right. Totally. Like, and and I like it's just I really, on your way to marriage, right? Like exactly. But yeah, go it's ahead. like a yeah, it's like, well, when are you going to then? But I, I appreciate you saying that because you know, the grass is always greener. You know, it's not often spoken like, oh, I wish that I, you know, dated more or that what would that have been like? So I appreciate you saying that because I was yeah. probably like, Well, geez, why can't I just get to that point? You know, that's like kind of our purpose. It's wired in to evolve the species, right? Or even, I don't know, as I learn more about history of the women's movement and, you know, how marriage was really more about like land and property ownership and property. Yeah, property. Exactly. It's like, oh, okay. So, hmm. Maybe this is smart of me to, I'm a a rebel here. Yeah, no, exactly. And I remember some of the concepts, like hearing about them, not being directly as involved, but I remember one that has always stuck out for me is to date yourself and to, you know, really like love your single life so much that someone's lucky to disrupt it or be in it. Can you share more about that? So those two, so the first one, dating yourself. So you know, and this is great tips for anyone who is single or newly single. Can you go out to dinner by yourself? You know, can you go see a movie by yourself? Or are you constantly like, are you, you know, really imagining or projecting out that everybody's looking at you and saying, what's wrong with this person that they're alone? You know, a lot of us you now it's a little different for me because I was an only child. So I was really used to being by myself. I traveled, <laughs> you know, like through Europe by myself. So that wasn't as hard for me, but to date yourself, to take yourself out, like in that period of time for me, my twenties, thirties, I did so so many random, weird, interesting things from like learning capoeira to going to an all white party that I didn't realize I was basically the only white person, but it's sort of like, oh, what's this? How interesting. What if I took myself on a date there? You know, but really learning how to fill time with things, activities, people that are extremely enjoyable, you know, getting off the couch, not watching television and really like looking for things. I I found so many just interesting things in Chicago, great groups of people, you know, especially too, if you're on this conscious path and you're not interested in drinking and that sort of party environment, there's so many great groups of people who are, you know, having conscious celebrations, like dances on the beach, you know, fire circles and gosh, I'm not even thinking of all of them right now, but so dating myself was, an adventure of treating myself like I would want to be treated. So it's like, why would I want to wait to meet a guy so that I could be treated well? You know, and the same thing for like this, maybe younger people might relate to this a little bit more, but like, you know, like buying dishes, like, 
okay, I can't have nice dishes or linens until I'm married. Cause that's what you put on your registry. Right. Oh, so it's yes. like, no, you know, I all totally these things. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems so weird to like say it now. Like yeah. what, 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 why would I think that? But we do. Right. Yeah, like, totally. Like, I was shopping with a girlfriend who was in her forties and you know, a very successful, happily single woman. She's like, do you want to come to Bloomingdale's with me? I I just realized that I'm still using the silver resets that my mom gave me when I moved out in high school you know it's like oh yeah okay so the adulthood right? like getting this stuff for ourselves no that makes so much sense because you know we have these marking points that are wired in as like oh this is when you do that but when you're conscious and thinking about it and dating yourself or providing you know a life for yourself that you love then you start thinking about those things right yeah. and it makes so much sense I love it yeah and to your other question you had was around this you know having your life be so satisfying that anyone that you meet it would have to be a real choice and one thing I think about that is this you know the sense of desperation and I think that what I see in a lot of the singles that I work with as well is like especially in the 20s and 30s and maybe like early 40s I feel like 40s are kind of a time when women begin to come into themselves a little bit more and maybe mm -hmm. change the narrative. But in those twenties and thirties, it's like, there's sort of a, like a desperation, like, and I felt this as well, but like, I can't wait, who's going to be the one who, and so then you end up like waiting, you know, so you might not do some of the things that you want to do in life because you're still kind of waiting. Well, I don't want to do this, or I don't want to go for this job because then what if I want to have a kid? And then, you know, and so I think by this, you know, the decision that no matter if I'm partnered or not, I am going to create a life for myself that I love. And then too, when you're also like a happier person than when you're dating, yeah. you know, you're not just like looking at the guy or the girl and like, you know, are you my husband? Are you my <laughs> wife? Are you going to be the one to fit into this to make me happy? You're bringing a full self to the table. Yeah, a hundred percent. I love that. And I think that's what's so, you know, everything that you're talking about is making that choice consistently to keep developing yourself. And yeah. again, it's sometimes, you know, scripted or a little easier in a relationship to like work on yourself for the relationship again, you know, like it's, then it's not so much about you. And this is, you know, a really important, beautiful choice to have it and allow it to be all for you and all about you and taking care of yourself. Totally. You know, such a undeveloped skill and muscle that most of us, particularly women, you know, don't do so well at, and then to get in relationship and forget it or have kids, yeah. forget it. Right. So yeah. to have that time to build that muscle, if you then choose that, and if not, you're having a rock in life, which is yeah. ultimately what we're going for here, I think. And I want to say something about that too, because as I realize, even sitting here, I think this conversation would be harder if I was not partnered. So I, you know, my like mid forties and like, I, I've moved in with my you know, partner, boyfriend here. This is later in the game, right? And this conversation would be harder to have. So even knowing everything I know, there's still the cultural messages. And so I think if, you know, anyone who's listening here, if you're single and like, it's really important to have role models around you. You have to see women who are older than you or your age, or I guess it doesn't matter so much the age, but you have to be able to see a woman who is happy in her situation. Like I remember reading the story about Gloria Steinem. It's like, wait, she never married, you know? And she, I think it was like, I think she did get married in her sixties or, you know, it's like to have like, it's possible, yeah. you know, cause most of our like, and I know that you use a lot of the sort of the goddess energy mythology, but there's not, you know, a lot of the, the mythology of around single women are, you know, witches, 
hags, spinsters, unwanted, just sort of like, you know, living alone with cats. Totally. This huge smear campaign that happened. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I live alone with a lot of cats that happened along the way in history because that wasn't always the case, right? But our patriarchal culture turned all of that other lifestyle that didn't involve being with a man as something, yeah. you know, disturbing or bad, yeah. or, you know, basically you could die for it at certain points. Uh, so that is a long and threatening history. It is it's very you know, threatening women on their own and their full power. Whew, I know. <laughs> That's got to get those messages and like, no, there's something wrong. Oh, yeah. and then the, the other thing I was thinking as we were talking was this like, you know, the insecurity and the vulnerability, because it is, it's vulnerable. You know, you go to a party, you don't have a date, you know, you don't, if you go by yourself, it, there's a vulnerability in it and yeah. to build different sources of security, you know, so there's the, you know, being secure within ourselves and, you know, psychology, but uh, even going back to our attachment styles, but being able to have sources of security in which you draw from, whether that is, you know, a coach or great friends or mentors. Well, there was something you said in there that also reminded me of an awareness of a lot, another piece of the work that gets done when you're coaching, you know, in, in the singles or in the singles group. And, you know, I'm in my mid fifties. So there've been a lot of ways that I've coached or seen singles put themselves out in the world. Right. Uh -huh. the, yep. You know, way back when it was the reader here in Chicago, oh my God. A, yep. a, you know, a printed publication that you would put, you know, your singles ad or yeah, whatever and what they were call called. And get your messages, <laughs> see who called in and you could just hear the person's voice right away. <laughs> but what I love about that, you know, and now obviously you're putting them online in all the different ways, no matter how you're doing it, you know, I want to underline like everything about these is shifting the narrative from like, how do I do that to get a guy to how do I learn and grow from this experience now? Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to write about myself and put myself out in the world. Who am I as going back to yeah. the, like discovering who I am? And then how do I want to reflect myself and who I'm going to attract and all that. So I, I just, think that's another like really cool piece to talk about. I go back to intention. Like what's the intention if there's, you know, quality or quantity. So much of the singles, you know, coaching or books, I find kind of disturbing because they seem to me to all be sort of acting on that desperation of like, I've got to get partnered and how do I kind of manipulate the system or how do I manipulate the world so that I can get this, this thing that I want? How do I make myself look better? How do I sound better? Because then like, let's say you do attract, you still have to sort of show up and be that person. So quality versus quantity, right? So if you're going for quality to put yourself out with like, what do you care about? What are your values? You know, who are you looking to attract? To me to go out with. If you want higher quality, you may not want to spend that much time, you know, dating anybody, right? You might right. want to like pre-qualify. And so putting yourself out, you know, dating profiles too, if you want quantity, you don't you put pictures in a couple of words, right? You don't really have to put like that much out because you're just looking for quantity. I think quantity can be really useful if you're feeling a sense of scarcity. And that's also sort of that, that desperation. But if you feel like there's not enough guys, everybody's married. There's, you know, no women want me. Like if you're in that sort of scarcity mindset, you, you do need numbers. <laughs> you need mm -hmm. to, to go out and meet as many people as you can so that you don't have that sense of scarcity. And in some cases it might be that there isn't 
you know, the older you get, like my mom, for example, who's 85 and is single, you know, she's in a, a senior place and like, you know, she actually is the only one who's not on a walker. Right. So, you know, <laughs> there is a reality of scarcity there, but, you know, in general, I think that, you know, having an intention for what are we, what are you putting yourself at? And, you know, the more clear you can be singlehood can really be a profound spiritual path. You know, the right foundation has phenomenal assignments, programming for singles. And the only book I ever found useful was this one called If the Buddha Dated, a handbook mm-hmm. for finding love on a spiritual path, which is just- I'll have to get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fantastic because it's, it's really talking about like, you know, you're dating, it's a spiritual path. So what is your truth? Are you willing to share your truths with your date? The research shows that we lie 100% of the time on dates. And, you know, we do like, you know, yeah, the dinner was great. Thank you. Or, you know, big smile. Oh, thank you. It was so nice meeting you. No, it it wasn't nice meeting you. I didn't like you. And I'm kind of (laughs) angry that I wasted this much time, but you know, the truth and, you know, being able to say the truth in more gracious ways. And that is something that I very consciously did. I'm cringing now, but in my twenties, I was practicing with like, you know, am I, am I lovable as fully as me? Right. So going on dates and committing, I'm going to tell the truth on these dates. And, and I, you know, I remember a couple of times where I'm really kicking myself now and I was not very gracious. And I, it was some upsetting conversations, men, there are a couple of guys. I remember like one guy was kind of cried because mm-hmm. of, I told him the truth about what I felt. And, you know, I wouldn't go back and do that then. However, I really believe at the time I needed to be able to say my truth yeah, just so that I could like get out, you know, who am I? What am I, what do I feel? What do I think? And is there anybody out there who is really wants to know who I am and meet me and my yeah. truth? Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March, 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico, Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself, okay? And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone, I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? 
So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. When we have our worst nightmares, right? Like if I really told the truth, you know, I would never date again, you know, or I mean, we go to those extremes. So to test those things out and yes, you know, we can apologize to the individuals who you know, we're kind of in that path, but at the same time, we don't know, like if he cried, maybe you were telling the truth that he needed to hear. Right. So we can't totally judge it, but I understand having maybe more graciousness now and, and setting it up, right. Like, Hey, guess what? I'm going to be telling you the full truth. So yeah, (laughs) but at any point, point, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. At any uh, point it's too much, but, and then on the converse, I, I, I remember a guy I went out with, I was not working full time and I was in my first master's degree. This guy was like testing me out to see if I was like wife material. And I remember he like wanted me to come to his house, his new house and just like sleep over. It's like, you know, there's no sex involved. He just wanted me to like sleep in a room and see what it was like waking up with me and, you know, like having me in a space. And it was like, okay, sure. Cause I'm just going for it. And I'm just learning about myself. So I try this. And, and I, I remember he said to me afterwards, he's like, you know, this isn't, you're not right for me. I think you you're not really an adult yet. I don't experience you as being like really an adult taking responsibility for your life. I don't even know what I said at the time, but that that stuck with me. And he was right. I wasn't, I was, I was limited. I was dependent on my parents for certain things around finances for school. And he was absolutely right. And like, had I, you know, it was like such great feedback. So when I think about truth, you know, for someone who is on a spiritual path, truth is really important. No, absolutely. And well, there's, I'm learning <laughs> about things about you that I didn't know. And I know you oh, so yeah. well. So it's so fun about this. Right. And, uh, yeah. but when we're all holding all of it in the context of learning about ourselves and growth, it just takes on such a different perspective, you know, and, you know, we have a whole developmental model, right? So when you were talking about scarcity, like that level of like scarcity and trust is this first level of development. When we can identify going into that space, you know, then we have the opportunity to heal you know, we have the opportunity to look at like, where did I get such strong scarcity that there's no one there for me? Or I'm not, maybe I, that early development somehow got wired that I don't matter or I'm not lovable. Right. And yes, you can work that work with a partner, but that work, you know, in in singlehood is really powerful. You know, I think that's so important that you brought that up because from that frame, like every rejection, you know, every date that doesn't go well or you know, boyfriend or girlfriend breakup is a tremendous healing opportunity. And it's really a chance to provide yourself, you know, the, the love and soothing that might not have been there initially. Yeah. So 
though, even though it's hard, it's, it's hard, you know, those things are they're <laughs> so hard, hard and they're painful, but know. you know, they, if you hold them as these growth opportunities then they, they will be. Well, in that example you gave about, you know, this guy testing you out and then giving you feedback, you know, if you had had probably no, still just to acknowledge that hurts, you know, yeah. it hurts to like yeah. be rejected or like hear the truth, but then to have some opening to hear what's true about it and, you know, use it for, for your teaching and development, like that's, you know, changes the game completely. Totally. Yep. You know, puts you in the, so much more in the driver's seat and not as at effect of what's going on around you. And like, yeah. Oh, well, but- yeah. And then like, you know, so I could just complain. Right. And I think mm-hmm. you see a lot of, in a lot of the women and men that I coach in this for, it's like, you could just go into blame, like, God, what an asshole. I can't believe he said that. Oh my God. You know? And so I could, you know, you have a choice to be a, a victim about, you know, being broke up with, or, mm-hmm. you know, even just not having a good date. So it's like, I think it's important to identify what are my feelings about these things? Like, oh my gosh, I feel hurt. I feel embarrassed. I'm sad. I'm angry, but also to not make it about the other person Yeah, too, because who wants to date someone who's just blaming them? That's (laughs) going to keep going. Well, I know I didn't prepare you ahead of time for this, but if you were going to think about like a few things you find really powerful when you're coaching individuals in a conscious singlehood, you know, I know we named some of them and you could underline them again. Are there any others or ones that you would underline again that you think are kind of top of the heap critical or valuable? I I think about this when I start and I just had someone reach out to me last week or maybe it was just a couple of days ago about he was ready to start a relationship and he you know, he wants to get some coaching. And, and I love, he said, because I want to know more about myself to pick a, a right partner. I'm like, wow, oh, this, you know, I can't wait to work this, with this guy. But so your question, I think to understand why, you know, if you are single, if you're dating or if you're, you know, getting divorced or kind of entering the dating world again, knowing why you want to date, I think is really mm. important. Knowing why you want a relationship, I think is really important. What I'm hearing in that is having a vision, you know, creating uh-huh. a vision for yourself and being aware of like what deeper yearnings you have that you can get yeah. met. And how are you expecting them to get met in a relationship? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I think what I found hard in coaching is that there needs to be like an openness, knowing the why, right? Understanding your yearnings underneath, you know, really what, what is it that you're hoping a relationship will give you? And then also looking at your family of origin. One of the tools that I found was really helpful, these family genograms, you know, and if you're in a, a master's program for family therapy or counseling, or you're just doing your own work, you're going to probably be asked to do a family genogram. And what that is, is it, it you look at your family of origin, your, your ancestors, and you sort of identify patterns. For me personally, when I did this, I, I noticed none of my like cousins at my level, there's like three out of 10 that are married and two that had kids. So I really didn't have this like pressure. I mean, I had, you know, at least yeah. four cousins over 40 women who weren't married and who were, you know, some successful having really satisfying careers, enriched lives. So, you know, cause I never really felt that like pressure to have kids. I did feel a pressure to be in a relationship mostly because I had such, you know, strong, deep yearnings and there's sort of the cultural messages, but I think understanding that, because if, you know, if you're up against everyone in your family is married, successfully married for generations, you're going to be dealing with a lot more judgments about yourself. And then also, this is not going to be pleasant for people to hear, I think, but being open to the possibility that you might be happy being single. 
like that that could be a possibility because I, I did not want to hear that. You know, I had mentors who were like, you know, what's wrong with being single? So I had these people sort of questioning and I, I just like, shut up. Like, no, I have to get, I have to find someone. You don't understand. It's so easy for you to say you're married. Like, come on. But to be just open to that possibility. And, and again, again, what would my life be like, you know, and how exactly. And like that it would be okay to, to not. Totally. You know. I love that, Jillian. I think that's, you know, so important and, and confrontive, right? Because yeah. as much as we, you know, might be telling ourselves like, yeah, I'm going to have this awesome single life for a while, yeah, you know, until, or until, right. But like, no, let me imagine my life single and what could be possible, you know, in, from that space. It yeah. seems like to me that, and you know, I'll, I'll do that also with women around having kids, right. Yeah. Just so sure you're going to have kids and, you know, and, and kind of a similar thing, like, well, let's imagine your life without and what's possible. And, and, and I, and, I think what's so powerful about that, because there is that drive, right? So there's the mother code, right? And so mm-hmm. the drive, like you have to do something with that. And, and same with, with relationships. I mean, we, we yearn to connect or, you know, we're wired to, to bond and need people to take care of and to take care of you and to give and to partner. So it, when you're able to, you know, be free to look at that, you're going to add more partners at, at work, or you may have deeper friendships or people, but you do kind of have to build that, the support around you to get those yearnings met. Yeah. Well, and to be with all the feelings along the way, because we, yeah. I think also kind of act like, like, well, if I get married or if I have kids and suddenly like anxiety goes away or, uh, you know, oh, the just things I'm feeling now are not going to be there. Like, no, they're just different. Of course, you know, for it's- sure. And and we can talk about this, like, oh yeah, it's great to be single. But like, I mean, the nights, like sitting in my closet crying, like, cause I was just so hurt and so sad and so lonely. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's real. So, you know, and, and that's life, right? Like, yeah, you know, when I've got Michael now, I'm not, it's not like I don't have feelings. I mean, I will say some is it's alleviated. Life still has like things about life that bring about so many feelings. So I love that you brought that up. The importance of being able to be with really deep, powerful feelings. Yeah. Well, I, love everywhere we've gone today, Jillian. And you've, I think, brought so many important insights, you know, realizations, possibilities. And that's, I think, the key thing, you know, even going back to when you decided to not be a therapist anymore and a coach, because you wanted, you know, to offer and expand people's possibilities for how we live our life. And we're, you know, taking a perspective on being signal. And from that perspective, I think there's just pearls of wisdom, (laughs) you know, just some really confrontive, but beautiful things. But then I, you know, want to end by asking, because you brought it up at the beginning around rewriting the mother code, but what does that mean to you? What does rewriting the mother code mean to you? Well, I love going to the dictionary. So I figured we were going to talk about this. So I looked it up and (laughs) I thought it was so interesting. What I found was this statement to rewrite a code is to reconsider the logic of programming. Mm. And to rewrite it to, you know, better suit, you know, the goals and purposes of of your needs now. So to me, I look at that like, okay, so what's my programming around relationships, dating, and what do I need to tell myself such that I can live a, you know, more satisfied, fulfilling, integrous and consonance with my values, my truth. How can I live that life? You know, what do I need to rewrite? What, what beliefs about myself? What thoughts do I need to tell myself differently throughout dating too? You know, I know we're talking yeah. a lot about single, no, but, the same you know, thing. Yeah, yeah. In, in coaching too, you know, we work on like, okay, so let's work on this ad you want to put out, you know, what, 
What do you want to say about yourself? How do you want to be on date? What type of person would you want to be with? Who would be good for you? But yes, going, going to that, like, what, what do I need to retell myself? What am I telling myself that really does not help? Yeah. No, I, I love that. Actually, I've never looked it up that way. So (laughs) this question is awesome. Every time I love it. And I got goosebumps when you shared. shared Well, thank you so much for the work that you're doing as well. And I think it's very vulnerable to be a woman and to, you know, really be considering, should I be having kids? And so I just, I love the work that you're doing and these questions that you're bringing out and empowering women to, to tell a different story for themselves. Yeah, exactly. And expand possibilities like we talked about. Well, I can't imagine that there aren't people who aren't going to want to get in touch with you. So that would be great. Yes. Coaching and otherwise not to date because you're in a relationship now, but we'll (laughs) sure that would have happened also, but how can and we'll have it in the show notes, but what are some ways that people can get in touch with you? Well, my email is Jillian at writegrad.edu, W-R-I-G-H-T, grad, G-R-A-D dot E-D-U. I also have a LinkedIn profile that's, you know, that I, I check messages there, Jillian Eichel. And then the Right Foundation's website has a Meet the Coaches page. And that's something that we could put in your show. Yeah. In the show right notes. found right foundation.org, right? Yep. And, right. Yep. Coaches, right. But we'll put the we'll put the exact path. Yes. Donuts. Yeah. Okay. I hope you hear from folks. And it's been a privilege and honor to be with you yeah. in this format. Oh, thank not you. Take it for granted. I'm so glad. I mean, you're so funny. Hi ass to be on, but it was <laughs> <laughs> I am thrilled, you know, and sometimes, you know, you asked me out on a date and I loved it. I did. This was a great date. Thank you it so was much, a really Gertrude. Great and I would definitely want a second date with you. Oh, I know. I so. think we could make this a, a thing. <laughs> I think we can. <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you thank, so much. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to mother. Wait, no, subscribe to mother her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women. Well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.